Sup, you beautiful bastards. Hope you've had a fantastic Thursday. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. Buckle up, hit that like button, otherwise I will punch you in the throat, and let's just jump into it. And the first thing we're gonna talk about today, it is the internet's favorite game show, White Guy Talks About a Racism Debate. So if you haven't seen, there's this debate around Robert Downey Jr. The way this all started is Downey went on Joe Rogan's podcast on January 15th. And there, Rogan asks him some questions about his role in the 2008 movie, Tropic Thunder. Right, in Tropic Thunder, if you don't know, it's a satirical action comedy about four actors who are filming a Vietnam War movie. And in the film, Downey plays Kirk Lazarus, a method actor who got pigmentation alteration surgery to darken his skin so he could play a black character for the movie. Now, even in 2008, that caused some controversy, drew some criticisms, but overall, the film was well received by critics. And in fact, Downey was even nominated for an Oscar, a Golden Globe, as well as other awards. And among other things, you have Rogan asking Downey if he thinks Tropic Thunder could be made today. Obviously, as far as the, the social conversation, we're in a much different place. Do you think that you could do Tropic Thunder today? Would that be possible? Oh, you could do it. <laughs> also, Downey talks about Ben Stiller, who co-wrote, directed, and starred in the movie, calling him, telling him about the role, and uh, about that he says this. I thought, yeah, I'll do that, and I'll do that after Iron Man, and then I started thinking, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, and then I thought, well, hold on, dude, get real here. Where is your heart? And my heart is a. I get to. I get to be black for a summer in my mind. <laughs> so there's something in it for me. <laughs> the other thing is I get to hold up to nature the insane, self-involved hypocrisy of artists and what they think they're allowed to do on occasion. Just my opinion. Donnie then goes on to praise Stiller, how he directed and executed the movie, also talking about reactions. He knew exactly what the vision for this was. He executed it. It was impossible to not have it be an offensive nightmare of a movie. <laughs> and 90% of my black friends are like, dude, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> what about the other 10%? Um, you know, I, I can't disagree with them. But I know where my heart was. Then after that, we see Rogan bring up whether or not the movie could be made today, and Downey responds. But again, I mean, you know, there's a morality clause here on, on this planet, and it's a big price to pay. And I think having a moral psychology is, uh, is job one. So sometimes you just got to go, yeah, you know, I effed up. Again, not in my defense, but Tropic Thunder was about how wrong that is. Yes. So, I take exception. Now, following this, the podcast in general, but definitely this clip, it went viral. You had a lot of people responding. Some criticizing Downey, saying Downey justified this blackface racism by saying 90% of his ignorant black friends in Hollywood praise this stupidity. Another quoting Downey, saying that he got to be, quote, black for the summer and writing, they really think we are fucking Halloween costumes shaking my head. But also on the other side, you have people defending the role with responses like, the joke of it was that it was a method actor crawling so far up their own butt that they can't see blackface as a horrible mistake. And people arguing that it was the character that did black face, not Robert Downey Jr. People saying this portrayal shouldn't be lumped in with other blackface roles. This because it was a different thing, that the role wasn't doing blackface to mock or injure black people. If anything, it was to mock the character. Though, you still had others saying that's still not an excuse to do blackface. Also, part of the reason we're talking about this is one of the responses really blew up, and that was because it was from former Fox News anchor and NBC host, 
Megyn Kelly, who, if you don't know, had her own controversy two Halloweens ago after some comments she made about doing blackface during her talk show on NBC. But what, but what is racist? Because, because so truly, you do get in trouble if you are a white person who puts on blackface yes, yes. on Halloween or a black person who puts on whiteface yes. for Halloween. Like, I, back okay, when I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing up as like a character. And after that, Kelly got a ton of backlash. She made a formal apology on her show, but still, Three days after making those remarks, NBC canceled her show. And in fact, her contract with them was terminated in January of 2019. So yesterday, responding to the Robert Downey Jr. story, we saw her tweet, Downey wears blackface for Universal without regret because it, quote, sparked a necessary convo. Universal, yay, Robert. Me, never worn blackface, but had one of those, quote, necessary convos. RE, how standard seems to have changed over time. NBC Universal, F you, canceled. And that sparked a ton of reaction. Some saying that she was right, that it was unfair. Some arguing she was targeted because she was a conservative. Others arguing, though, that the comparison was apples to oranges. Right, Downey was in a parody, a satire, where Downey was playing an actor playing an actor who wore blackface. Whereas Kelly was a journalist speaking as herself on her talk show and that her comments were not satirical. But ultimately, that's the story as it is now. Of course, I'd love to know your opinion. As far as my opinion, uh, one, I'll say Megyn Kelly's comparison is not valid. Understand, I'm not saying I get to choose how people react to it. Obviously, I'm not the person or the, the group that would be offended by this depiction. But I do think that context matters, and I agree with Robert Downey Jr. that the, the movie and that, that character had highlighted how wrong blackface is and how ridiculous actors can be. But with that said, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Uh, one, regarding the depiction and Robert Downey Jr.'s statements about it, as well as Megyn Kelly's comparison and seeming uh, anger? Annoyed. I don't know how angry you could be when you, you, you had a really underperforming show and then you you were let go, but you still got your full $69 million. But also, money is not everything. I get that. Um, I would love to know your thoughts. And then let's talk about this news about guns in Virginia. So in Virginia, the state Senate just passed a red flag law, which has sparked a lot of controversy along party lines. And for those that don't know, a red flag law allows law enforcement to temporarily confiscate guns from someone deemed a threat. And this bill specifically requires an attorney or law enforcement officer to apply an emergency substantial risk order. An order that would, quote, prohibit a person who poses a substantial risk of injury to himself or others from purchasing, possessing, or transporting a firearm. If that order is issued, a judge or a magistrate can issue a search warrant allowing for firearms to be temporarily removed from that person. And the vote that made it through the Senate was tight. It was a partisan vote with 21 votes for it and 19 votes against it. As far as the Democrats, they support the bill because they believe it will lead to less mass shootings and other forms of gun violence in general. With one Democrat, Senator Janet Howell, tweeting, this will open the door to ensure law enforcement is able to do their job before a crime is committed. With Senator George Barker, who introduced the bill calling the bill a positive direction that will protect lives and reduce violence in Virginia. And along with their support, it appears that it comes with support in general from Americans. According to an August 2019 study from APM Research Lab, the public in general is in favor of this kind of legislation, with 77% supporting family-initiated orders and 70% supporting police-initiated orders. And according to this research, in fact, a majority of both Republicans and Democrats support it. And though, by a smaller margin, so do a majority of gun owners. But still, what we saw here were Virginia Senate Republicans strongly opposing this, saying they believe that it was a heavy infringement on people's rights to bear arms, with Republican Senator Amanda Chase saying, each legislator that votes in favor of this bill, in my opinion, is a traitor to Virginia, a traitor to the Second Amendment, and a traitor to our constitutional freedoms, with the NRA also calling it an unnecessary attack on Second Amendment rights. Now, some things to note here. One, this legislation is just one of many gun control laws Virginia is working on passing right now. Three have already made their way through the Senate, and those include one that allow localities to ban guns at public events, another limiting residents to purchasing just one handgun a month, and one mandating background checks on private firearms 
transferred. Also, too, this Senate vote came just a few days after a major pro-gun rights rally happened in Richmond, Virginia's capital city. There, according to reports, about 22,000 people attended the rally, which remained largely peaceful. Although we did see Virginia Governor Ralph Northam declare a state of emergency ahead of the event. Also, guns were not allowed at the rally, largely over fears that there could be a repeat of what happened in Charlottesville in 2017. Though you had some reporting that some extremist groups were present, there was no reported violence. You know, the rally, I think, was very interesting. You heard many pro-gun activists speaking out against the gun control legislation. And one clip in particular that blew up was you had Richard Vaughn, sheriff of Grayson County in Virginia, say this. If the bills go through as proposed, they will not be enforced. They're unconstitutional. We support to uphold the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of Virginia, and that's what we'll do. So obviously, these laws remain controversial. And, and as far as what happens from here, the bill still has to go to Virginia's House of Delegates, which does have a Democrat majority, but not by a wide margin. But if it does pass there, it will go to the desk of Democratic Governor Ralph Northam. And of course, with this story, I pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts regarding red flag laws? Do you think that it's beneficial or it's detrimental? Why, why not? Any and all thoughts, I'd love to see in those comments down below. And then let's talk about Brexit because it is happening. Three and a half years after the United Kingdom asked voters whether or not they wanted to leave the European Union, the United Kingdom has finally passed the withdrawal agreement. And during this whole process, we've seen not one, but two prime ministers resign. We've seen protest elections, the UK consistently having to push back the date on when the country would leave. But then last night, the final vote on Brexit happened. And yeah, here we are. You know, like we talked about last time, the House of Commons, they approved the agreement. It went to the House of Lords. There, there was a debate. They added several amendments, things like a provision on protecting the rights of refugee children, basically ensuring those kids can be reunited with their parents if their parents are in the UK post-Brexit. Then we saw the House of Commons say no to those amendments yesterday, which was easy because they have an 80 seat majority. So the Lords who are not elected, they do not have a conservative majority, realized that there was really nothing they could do. So instead of stalling, they passed the bill as is, this ahead of the January 31st deadline. Now, as far as what happens next, the second hoop to jump through here is that the withdrawal agreement needs to be approved by the EU's parliament. That will happen next Wednesday, January 29th, but but this is really viewed largely as a formality because it's expected to easily pass. And with that, the United Kingdom will officially end its 40-year relationship with the European Union. Well, kind of, well, yes, no, yes. Why well, I'm saying yes, no, it's because the next 11 months will be a transition period for the UK. During that time, it will continue to follow most of the EU's rules, but it won't actually have any decision-making power in the EU. Also during this time, the UK and the EU will continue to hash out details of what's going to happen after that transition period. For example, uh, this includes things like ambitious free trade deals, agriculture, security. And as far as those negotiations, those are expected to start either sometime next month or in early March. But here, like how Brexit saw multiple extensions, a lot of EU officials believe that this transition period will also need to be extended, saying that 11 months just isn't long enough to work out any of the details. However, here, Johnson has refused to agree to any extension. And so what that means is a no-deal Brexit is still a possibility. Now, at the same time, you know, we mentioned trade deals. Johnson has been extremely vocal about getting a free trade deal with the United States. While in Davos at the World Economic Forum, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin also indicated the U.S. desire for a trade deal, saying it's an absolute priority of President Trump, and we expect to complete that within this year. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross saying that a trade deal shouldn't be too hard because the U.S. and U.K. have similar economies. But at the same time, the United States and the U.K. are also currently in a disagreement over a so-called tech tax. And that's because the U.K. is currently planning to introduce a digital services tax on tech companies like Facebook and Google. Google, with Mnuchin threatening to retaliate by potentially slapping a tariff on UK car exports. But also, this is still very early on. There's a long way to go with the negotiations here, and I mean that on both fronts. But ultimately, that is where we are with this. It's going to be very interesting to watch over the next 11 months. And of course, I pass the question off to everyone what they think about this. But also specifically, to you beautiful bastards in the UK, anywhere in the EU, 
What are your thoughts about this now finally getting over this hurdle? And that is where I'm going to end today's show. Thank you for watching another Philip DeFranco show. Also, if you're looking for more to watch, maybe you missed yesterday's show. Uh, it definitely seemed like we got hit. Uh, you can click or tap right there to watch that, or maybe check out the new Rogue Rocket video. You can click or tap right there. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces, and I'll see you next time.